<laughs> Bow your shits! The real war isn't between a few squabbling houses. It's between the living and the dead. Winter is coming. Why are all the gods such vicious cunts? Chaos isn't a pit. Chaos is a ladder. I'm the shield that guards the realms of men. You know nothing, Jon Snow. I drink and I know things. You're the worst shit in the Seven Kingdoms! Death is the enemy. The first enemy and the last. I am the god of jits and wine. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things. Binge Nerd. I didn't know if I was going to do this subtitle. Binge Nerd. Those are our house uh, words. Yeah. Binge and Nerd. Oh, that's good. House Things? No. <laughs> Fire and Blood, Binge and Nerd. Binge and Nerd. That's a, common, a common phrase, but not their official words. A spawnerish tone. <laughs> That was really good. There's going to be a lot of Grandmeister Pycelle. <laughs> so, if you haven't noticed, this is a Game of Thrones themed episode. <laughs> Hopefully, we can edit real music in and not be that broke. All right, guys, you ready? Let's <laughs> all do it. The whole thing. It's going to be each episode. All right, tune in. So, typically, we do Stranger Things, and we've had some good and bad experiments with delving into other materials, uh, especially just canceling the show mid season watch of Westworld for emotional breakdown reasons. Uh, But our lives are back together, and we're back, and we consistently do streaming things. Sorry, Stranger Things. But we're all huge fans of Game of Thrones, and we thought, you know, Stranger Things, we're ready to start podcasting again. Stranger Things doesn't debut its third season until July, and yet season eight, the final season of the cultural phenomenon that is Game of Thrones, is premiering on April 14th, which, as we record, is a week from now. What's in your eye? <laughs> Winkity wink. And uh, yeah, so we're super excited about that. And we thought we would try to cover Game of Thrones. And we know there are a lot of phenomenal Game of Thrones podcasts out there. Um, what it was is we knew we were going to be sitting around talking about it anyway. Because it's fucking Game of Thrones. Might as well set a mic down. Exactly. Yeah. It's fucking GOT, bro. Yeah, bro. Got Game of Thrones is not a ponderous tone. Dragons and titties. Guy. It's actually it really kind of is a ponderous tone. Swords and cooks. The first one, I mean. What? Tits books. and wine. Oh, the books. Yeah. So, you know, let, let's time. do some some stuff. How about this? Let's delve back into the far reaches of the past and, and, and the see. The world of ice and fire. Yeah. Where, where the world of ice and fire. Show me on the doll where the world of ice and fire first touched you. <laughs> oh, Steve. Right in the heart. <laughs> right in the heart. What was the question? I'm sorry. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> Did you read the fucking books? Did you watch the show when it first came out? Did okay. Uh, so my introduction to Game of Thrones, um, a couple friends of mine, like really close friends, they, uh, I believe they started watching the show when it originally aired, like initially. Mm-hmm. And they got super hooked into it, obviously, and like this, this show, this show's so fucking good. Uh, the season just ended. I just bought all the books because I gotta know what happens next. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess I gotta watch the show. So I watched the first season shortly after it had wrapped up, hmm. and I shared their opinion. I went and bought the first book, but I did not finish it because I don't read. 
Right. Not, a, not a reader. <laughs> no, um, I thought they were. I thought it was good for what I read. But the yeah. But ever since, ever Bruh. since I watched that first season, you know, Game of Thrones, it's a, you know, it, I, I was hooked. It had its claws, its raven claws on me, as it were, and. Um, to yeah. a Harry Potter reference. They have ravens in Game of Thrones. Or like, send a raven. You're mixing your nerd shit up, bro. Uh, but no, I, I love it. I'm like super into the lore. I don't read the books, but I get like, I, I watch like all shift X videos where he like dives into like theories of the books. And <sighs> I go on the, the, the Game of Thrones Wikipedia. I'm like, what's Peter Baelish is doing in the book? Yeah. And I'm like <laughs> reading his whole thing. So I'm like super into it. Okay, yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, Andy? So, uh, you got me into the books a long time ago. Um, probably, I would guess, like four years before the show premiered. Uh-huh. Um, I think you were working on the last, uh, you were working on Feast for, what at the time was the last book, right. Feast for Crows. Almost still is. And <laughs> and you said, dude, I'm, re- I'm about to finish this, this book. You got to check this series out. And so, I read Game of Thrones. Um and tore through them, read the shit out of them. And I fucking loved them, and I've reread them a couple of times since then. Um, uh, as I recall, I think Dance with Dragons came out like a couple, a couple of months before the show first premiered. Yeah, and that is the last book we've gotten since then. And now the show is well past the books yeah. and is now going to spoil the ending. Um, super huge fan. Reread the <laughs> books a couple of times. Um, have it's been a little while it's been probably like three years since the last time i reread the books um maybe four years uh have rewatched the show a couple of times huge fan okay huge fan yeah i I read the books um i think i was 12 or something like that which you know some people are like shocked like that's not content for a child (laughs) um you know it's just well it's interesting when i when i read the first book i was shocked at how easy to read they were because when you think of game of thrones you'd think like oh it's probably gonna be like a super dense yeah um, it gets more dense as it goes well, for I'm sure. sure yeah i'm sure it does but i thought the 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 writing style was incredibly oh, yeah, easy yeah. yeah he doesn't do that and that's what was so fresh about it so a little a tiny bit i don't want to waste everybody's time but a tiny bit of backstory into my childhood is it i read uh voraciously all things fantasy and high fantasy. You know, I, like, I didn't have friends. I was a large child. <laughs> <laughs> and I would go to the library every Sunday with my mom. It was the downtown branch that was open on Sundays for like a limited amount of time. And I would get six or seven books, usually huge, thick fantasy books. And a lot of times they were a long series of the same story. And I'd read them all a book a day. And like, so it was eight or 10 hours of reading, you know, I just, that's all I did was lay around. My mom used to yell at me and try to get me to go outside. Um, <laughs> so I found, and my dad would read a lot of them with me cause he was a voracious reader, you know, from, from his life. So, um, he actually said this George R. R. Martin guy, cause I remember thinking, and I traced it all the way back. Uh, fuck George R. R. Martin. That's like J R R Tolkien. That's weird. Dad, I'm 11 or 12. So I think that's hilarious. And I was a huge Tolkien fan. You know what I mean? <laughs> So we start reading those and he's like, these are really good, son. You know, so he hands me um, Game of Thrones, the first novel. And yeah, it's a lot of them are really uh, highfalutin and fucking, you know what I mean? Um, Pompous. And Mm -hmm. they try to write in an old fashioned kind of medieval dialect or and he didn't do any of that. It's like fantasy realism. You know, the whole first novel is prior. uh, I'm sorry. Spoilers for Game of Thrones. Get the fuck on the bandwagon. So the whole first (laughs) novel is prior to the dragons being birthed. So there's really no magic in this world yet, just hints of it. So the entire first novel is basically 
a fake, like just mastercraft, fake historical novel almost. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just medieval politics and it's brilliant. And then it's the knights who say fuck. Yeah. Right. And then <laughs> by the time you get to, you know, Storm of Swords, the third novel, it's this high fantasy, insane piece. Um, and I don't know. I was just in love with it. At that time, the first three books were out. So I read all three of them in, you know, three days. Uh, did that a bunch of times. And then A Feast for Crows came out later on in my life, read that. Uh, and then I had to wait all the way until I was, I think, 22. Mm, yeah. Was, uh, 2011. Yeah. was when um, A Dance with Dragons finally came out. I bought it at midnight or whatever and then read it that day. Like, fuck! You know, <laughs> one day after waiting all those years. And then we've been waiting ever since. And so when I first saw the show, it was um, honestly when I first got out from my extended vacation that the society put me into uh, for my alcoholism and stuff. And I hadn't seen any TV or anything in a long time. And I was like, oh, my God, they made a thing out of Game of Thrones. You know, um, actually, Andy, you know, when you and I were in college mm-hmm. in that script writing course, our te- professor told us that they were, HBO was making a Game of Thrones yeah, show. I remember. Andy. And we were like, what? No way. The other Andy teachers. Yeah. Andy. Right. <laughs> so then, Andy's like, oh, yeah, I love Andy. <laughs> Andy's everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I got bought the, the Blu-ray or whatever DVD at that time, probably. And I actually was disappointed when I watched the first episode the first time. Um, you have that pompous book reading approach where you're like, this is, isn't as good as the book. There's no way they're going to be able to tell this <laughs> massive story. Uh, Sean Bean's great, but um, I don't know the actor. That's name. fucking Jon Snow. Right. What? Like yeah. he looks like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Which actor are you thinking of? The guy who plays King Robert. Mark uh, Addy. Mark Addy. Mark Addy. Yes. As he does a great job encapsulating Bobby B. The fucking yeah, Bobby, Bobby B. B. Yeah. Bobby B. The the essence of Robert Baratheon, but not the physicality. Nearly a shits. Robert is supposed to be <laughs> like <laughs> he's supposed to be like six foot six and just Mark Eddie is at one point at one point in, he's a very short squat fat man. Okay. Uh, one point in his life was a large, muscular, handsome man who has declined. Mm-hmm. And I just when I look at Mark Eddie. I don't ever see <laughs> that never happened. Yeah, that's, that's clearly has never been the case in this man's life, you know, and, which is stupid. I mean, he does everything else right. great. That's why I was hired. But at the time, from my pompous perspective, trying to pick this thing apart, I didn't like uh, and we can talk a little bit about over the course of this show of us covering Game of Thrones. Not so much just this episode, but the growth of the actors and the characters. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a big thing for me was everybody was too old. Like, yeah, like Danny oh, was yeah. supposed to be like 12. Jamie is who would, which drove me nuts. Jamie was supposed to be like fucking 18 or something. He was supposed to be young. Well, he was in his 20s because he had already 20s? killed. And he was like 17 when he killed the Mad King, Eris. Okay. And that had been how long? Like 10 years. So was he in his 30s? He was almost 30. Yeah. But I mean, the actor. I didn't like okay. Nicholas Custer Waldell's performance at all. Oh, that, I like, that wasn't I did. Jamie to me in my first viewing. I actually really did like him as really? Jamie. Um, but like. Uh, the big, the big one to me was uh, Eddard um, was way too old to me because this is supposed to be like a medieval story, you know what I mean? And Sean Bean at the time I think was like in his early to mid fifties, and this is uh, a medieval story. This is the forties. He's supposed to be a medieval old man, which means he's late thirties at the most, right? You know what I mean? Bear in mind, uh, like. Uh, 
uh, how old is Rob and John supposed to be? Because they're the same age, uh, 14? They're like, yeah, 15 or so. Yeah, 14 or 15. So, yeah, um, he, he would have been mid to late 30s. But it, it kind of had that like 80s movie vibe of, or I mean, all movies where high schoolers are played by, you know, late 20s sure, or early 30s. Sure, so. sure. And I think they, they purposely scaled everyone's age a bit because they're... The There's themes, the themes a lot they of have rape to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of rape, especially with younger people. And Yeah, I was watching the show for the first time with my girlfriend. She just now got on the bandwagon. I don't know where the fuck she's been. She Under watched a him rock. Two, <laughs> two or three months ago, maybe even two months, one month ago. Uh, she watched all seven seasons. And the scene where... Danny's having that uncomfortable, slightly overly, no, not even slightly. It's very reluctant sex with Cal Drogo, right? Yeah, that first he, episode. From behind, right? Yes. And for some reason, I wanted to torture her because she's already uncomfortable. Yeah, I said from behind. <laughs> you know. I look at her and I'm like, yeah, in the book, she's like 13, you know? And she's yeah. like, shut the fuck up. I'm like, you know, you gotta read the books. That's why every time I hear somebody who's like, oh, I just started watching Game of Thrones or I'm gonna show my significant other Game of Thrones, my first reaction is like, oh, how'd they take it? Right. Because <laughs> yeah. it is like, if, if you go in blind or if you don't have that expectation, it it can very easily turn someone off immediately. Like I have a, I have a friend who... Um, she, she has since watched it, but it took her years to watch anything past the first episode. And that's her, maybe it wasn't the first episode, it was one of the earlier ones where they're having the tourney and mm-hmm. the mountain uh, gets knocked off his horse and he's all Sir mad Morris and he just like time. hacks off his horse's head. Yeah. My friend like loves horses. Like I'm never watching this fucking <laughs> show. And it's not the last horse she, to get she, it. She finally went, went back around and she loves the show now but that's what I told him like well, you need to check out now because this is not a pro horse show. <laughs> Dude that, that experience that you have though, humans farewell. No. That experience that you have is having watched the show before she did that's kind of the experience that the book readers used to have, you know what I mean? Because oh, I when the show came out, we had read five books at that point. It's like, oh, just you wait and see what happens in Winterfell. Oh, you season three, all third book, Red Wedding, you guys, just yeah. wait. And that's where all those reaction videos came out and stuff because the book readers knew the plot. They knew what was going to happen and they knew how heartbreaking it was. Now we had little twists and stuff like <laughs> the additional people that died and stuff during the Red Wedding, which was cool. So, so but, this is an interesting thing for me because I've, I've never met someone that I know of at least that that read the books before the show. Mm-hmm. So so listener, right now, major spoiler alert, because I'm gonna ask these guys some spoilery things for the so books. Spoilers and the show. for everything, right? From here on out, like we can talk whatever. So if you're if you're worried about spoilers from seasons one to seven. One to seven or books Game of Thrones one to through, five. Yeah. Uh, Dance, Dance of Dragons, Dragons yeah. get out now. Um, but so my go. question for, go, go, get out. Uh, uh, fly you fools. Wait, fuck wrong Show me dice. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so my question hey, for you guys as, oh, as shit, two gentlemen, good. as two gentlemen who have read the books, what are, what is your most favorite change that they made in the show? And what is your least favorite change that they made in the show? Oh, Jesus. The books? Cause I've always been interested because I know. You know, through through like you know, getting into the world and like reading people's writing and then like okay. shows. I, I know they've changed a fuck ton. That's hard. Stuff. That's hard That's to a say. Really hard one. Um, I know what my least. Ooh, no, I don't. There's a couple of things. <laughs> okay, I think I know what my least is. It's yeah, a, I'm gonna cheat. It's a tie. Too. Okay. I don't know what my most favorite change is. I don't think because there are things that have happened that did not happen in the books yet. 
that I obviously am so ecstatic to have finally experienced some form of. I have no idea if George Martin plans on doing something even similar because all mm-hmm. he said is that they're ending in the same place, but the path to get there is vastly different. Mm-hmm. Some so, things are the same, though. Like Hodor's backstory is definitely the same. Yeah, we know right. that. Yeah, so, um, but like the way there are things like Danny and Jon Snow interacting finally. Oh yeah, so much of The reunion of Arya and Sansa. There are lots of characters that just completely were written out of the show. Um, yeah. What, what was the uh, Martell kid? Uh, Quentin? Tristan? Quentin, Quentin Martell? Yeah, there's a Quentin Martell um, who, who tries to win Danny's heart in... Oh, and then there's like Young Griff, the yeah, Targaryen young Griff, who may or may not be Baby Aegon. Yeah, there's a um, lot of uh, Robert Baratheon's bastards that are kept out, other than Gendry. Um, some, to get Eric Storm, I think is his name. Eric Storm. There's the Col- girl too. Connington is that another guy? Yeah, John Connington is a uh, sellsword. He was a, a, a former friend of Rhaegar Tar- Targaryen, who after the sack of King's Landing took Baby Aegon. Theoretically, Baby Aegon. We don't know if it's actually him or not. Didn't they kind of like mesh his character with Jorah in the show? I think so. A I little think bit, so. yeah. And that's what's fascinating about the book because the vying for the throne that's already Jay convoluted Bear. in the in the book <laughs> is vastly more complicated in the books because you're like or on the show is worse in the books because you're like any one of these people could the book makes it seem like he's laying the groundwork for their rise right you know what i mean and like it, they hide away this kid and send him off in a boat who's secretly rob Baratheon's son mm-hmm. and in a normal fantasy novel you're like if you've read 20 of them um or 100 of them like i have you're like oh well, he's gonna come back and you know but now there's like 13 of those seeds planted right now right. just chilling simmering and yeah you're like, what the fuck is going on George R. and R. the show just took them out and exactly. you just think like they, they don't were never for any reason you they, know they super don't kind of frustrating red herrings um, if they're not in the show, they don't matter. But my and least favorite change would have to be a tie. I'm sorry. Number one, by a nose, is urine Greyjoy. Um, Euron, if you say it fast, yeah. it sounds like P. Uh, P.P. Greyjoy. <laughs> His character in the book is uh, crazy, monolithic, domineering. He's got like multicolored eyes. He's been all over the ends of the earth from the seas of Ashai to He's like fucking... black beard. And I heard a ton of people really wanted uh, Matt Mickelson to play him in yeah, the show. Yeah, that would have been wonderful. Holy mm-hmm. fuck. So I never even thought yeah, of that. That would have been, been perfect. Just this insane presence like of mystical evil you know what i mean yeah, like some sort of blood magic he's or a something? fucking motley crew joke in the show <laughs> like hey i like titties and shit who's got some fucking cocaine you know it's like <laughs> what <laughs> i do have to admit uh i i love your on seven so you're really, I just like I love that change from like him being like a homeless captain <laughs> in season six, and then he shows up like a fucking '80s rock star. Yeah. And it's like the people love me. <laughs> uh, I just watched all four of Pirates of the Caribbean. Decided to do that thing. <laughs> I, like I, I, I totally 100 percent agree with you because everything I read about Book Your Own is like that sounds fucking badass, and I would love Mads Mikkelsen to play it. But there's something about yeah, uh, I he's even, like I don't even no show. He's like hunting the horn of Joro and has like this giant African tattooed beast with him that's fucking his guardian and blows the horn and his tattoos light up in flames and he's a weird fucking dude in the books. Yeah. And in this he's just like a creepy dude. And he also may or may not have a horn that can control the dragons. Yeah. Um, And that's just completely written out of the book. So apparently it doesn't control the dragons because it's not in the I'm sorry, written out of the show. does it? 
Probably it's not. supposed to bring down the wall in the books too. Like, oh yeah, that's how the wall's supposed to come down. Is when he blows the horn of Jor. Anyway, it's like who knows, right? What's your second one? The one that was tied. The entire story of Dorne. Oh, that was mine. Damn it. Yeah. Jamie and Bronn going to Dorne is the fucking dumbest shit ever. It's terrible. It's, that's season five, right? Uh, yes, that's the worst season. Worst season. Yeah. No, and, worst season is season seven by far. Oh, I I disagree completely. Oh, I God. wholeheartedly disagree. Oh, no, dude, season seven. Well, let's, let's table that because let's, no, let's stick with Dorn. Okay, so yeah, that's a huge discussion argument, right? Jamie and Bronn going to Dorn. That doesn't happen in the books. I, I don't even know if Bronn has met Jamie in the books. Has he? Um, I honestly don't remember that. Yeah, that's interesting. No, because Jamie's still separate. It doesn't matter. Jamie's in the Riverlands at this point, and uh, we. The, the another big change that um Marcella's not dead. Marcella's not dead. Well, um I was t- thinking about Catelyn Stark. Um Lady she, she comes back as Lady Stoneheart and so she is hanging Jamie, right? And um Brienne. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh Brienne calls out a word or something. <laughs> and we don't know what that word is yet. Right. Still Doesn't matter now. eleven years later. <laughs> I'm fucking I will say as someone years. who hasn't read the books, um, when I started like reading like what happens in them, um, when I came across the Lady Stoneheart subplot, I have to be honest with you, I was like, I'm fucking out. That sounds so stupid. I'm not into that at all. Like, she's barely in it so far. She's just a shadow in the mist, Steven. I just, yeah. I mean, I think it also plays into the fact that Catelyn Stark's one of my least favorite characters. So because she's such a bitch, and then they brought her back as a like a even meaner zombie lady. I'm yeah. like, I'm out. Well, you got to understand the like the perspective. In my theory, I don't, you know, how do I say this? You and I don't identify with her life view at all right so we're not daughters we're not mothers i can can empathize Mm -hmm. with her character i'm just saying over time i've grown to not be like how annoying is this lady to be like i mean i guess i I don't have that like motherly protective view of things we're seeing this giant political oh my god you're an idiot view but it has to be so difficult for her you know what i mean yeah no i empathize with the character i just don't like her and then she's mean to john and you know i get yeah, it yeah she's mean to john she is mean to john which is i mean she gets that moment in the show though because i couldn't love a child you know this is all my fault she's like mm-hmm. making a like a dream catcher whatever the fuck she was doing, yeah, right. doing by brand's bed it's one of those little prayer blankets yeah she's stitching up the the seven star or whatever and then when the camera pans over her shoulder and you look down it's just embroidered fuck John <laughs> it was so awkward until he undid the moment for me I made you something John <laughs> just holds it up and... thanks mom I don't think mother likes me <laughs> I like how John's always got this cockneyed accent far and above everyone else <laughs> boy me <laughs> I'm from, I'm from, oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm from White Father North and everybody else. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at the wall, eh? You like dags? <laughs> what? Andy, didn't you uh, get to meet John? Sure oh, yeah. did. Sure did. Yeah. Ran into him at a pub in Ireland. In Ireland. In Belfast. Well, Northern Ireland. Belfast. Belfast. It's Belfast. Yeah. We talked about. Um, <laughs> Shut up. We, talk, we talked about um I'm tired of telling you that <laughs> we talked about the effects differences between dragons and wolves and i said that you know we're seeing a lot less of ghost and i'm really looking forward to seeing ghosts again he kind of gave me like a mm, like, oh, you're, you're, like, you're, you're not really going to be seeing ghosts no more as uh, the uh impression i got from it or very little of ghost and he said you gotta think about it a dragon scale is like 
a dragon scale, whereas the size of a dragon scale would be like a thousand hairs on a wolf. And so it's a lot more intensive for them to digitally create. Um, and that's why we see less and less wolves back when they were puppies and it was literally just dogs that they were using. It was easy. Now, not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Is, it, is that what he said? Yep. Because I feel like Twilight. He didn't say the thing about the puppies, but he said, well, you got to think dragon scale versus dog hairs. That was I feel like what they usually do is they just film a normal dog and just key it into frame, but larger. That's what, that's they, what they typically they do. Plus, like, fucking Twilight did a bunch of giant wolves on, on a reg basis. I'm just telling you what <laughs> Jon Snow like did. Twilight <laughs> <laughs> he also told me about um, getting engaged and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, he's marrying... Uh, Egret. Egret, yeah. Do you think cool. they have a little Rose quirks and jokes around the house? Like, he's he's like, like, I like what you do with your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go there, but I was thinking you know nothing. But so was I. There you go. Right there. Yeah. I just did a rewatch, so all these like lines were like really present. How to do that with your mouth? Eat your pussy. Been kissed by fire. Sorry. But so I also met um, Sir Davos. Every um, time I'm night. sorry. Oh really? Every time mm-hmm. I watch yeah, that scene. You got to think the cleanliness of the times. That was just a monumental effort. The Lord's kiss going down on, you know, I mean, eating the evidence and then wildlings, you know what I mean? Probably less knowing us. No, I, I, I mean, I mean, they were in a spring water cave. It was I'm good. Saying, true. <laughs> very true. Very true. Anyway, go on. You met Davos. I also met Davos and I went up to him and I told him that he did a great job playing Davos. Um, Liam Cunningham uh, it took me a second mm-hmm. to come up with that uh, he said oh thanks very much um, I've never read the books so I appreciate that <laughs> I was like you've never read the fucking books <laughs> fuck you I spit on him <laughs> no <laughs> no no that's exactly no. what he that's good that's a damn good one Steve okay so, so let's go back to Steve that absurd statement okay um, let's do a quick Let's do a quick now. We don't have the research to do a ranking of the seasons. We'll save that for the end. The finale, finale, finale. Andy. Season three is by far the best. But I mean, 90% of the fan base thinks that season five is easily the worst season. And that's mostly because of the Dorn digression. To them, I ask, did you watch season seven? What is. Okay, Andy, tell us about your qualms with season seven. Did you watch it? I'm kidding. Um, well, so once and a half. Um, my biggest, biggest qualm with season seven is um, the entire John Danny arc of John goes down to Dragonstone mm-hmm. and then Danny's like, you may or may not have my dragon glass. You may or may not be my prisoner. He's like, no, I don't got time for this. I don't got time to bend the knee. I just got to go and do my shit. I don't bend um, knees. <laughs> I, love, I love all the memes that came from that. Like the uh, it's um, fucking, em, 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 Emily Clark, Clark on the phone. She's like, "Hello, this is Ben." And Karen said, "Ben who? Ben Denis." But no, the the ridiculous, enormous plot line that took up an episode and a half of a seven episode season, which is let's get all of the named faces, all the people that we know and love. Let's send them north of the wall on this stupid fucking suicide mission so they can go get a skeleton and fly it all the way fucking back to Cersei to say, hey, Cersei, guess what? Skeletons are real. 
And then the insanity of how fast everything happens. It's like, oh, we're going to take a boat up to fucking Eastwatch from Dragonstone, which, by the way, is like going from fucking Chile to Canada um, they go all the way that distance and then they hike for like two fucking days. And then when they get in trouble, they're like, oh, uh, Robert's bastard, go run back to fucking Eastwatch, which is like a two day run while they're sitting on a frozen lake. And he runs back, sends a raven from Eastwatch back down to Dragonstone again, like a fucking chili to Canada as the crow flies, though. And then she flies from Dragonstone as the dragon flies all the way back up there. To rescue them while they've been sitting there stranded. Fucking, um, uh, what's the uh, red priest guy? Thoros and Thor- Thoros. Or Beric. Thoros dies off camera, which drives me fucking nuts. We um, bled out. Died yeah, asleep. he bled out. And he, or, it's or one of the better ways to go. Right? He's barely a character in the books, to be fair. To be I fair, do love yes, Thoros yes. here, though. And then Lem wasn't a thing in the season right. before that, which is the whole, <laughs> that, that bothers me too. But no, just the whole the whole conceit of it like guys we really got to make cersei believe that this is a thing there's a lot of plot armor in season seven i'll grant you that a lot of plot armor so Magic, there's magical jetpack there's some bullshit with jetpacks and and time and red coats and named faces and you know what i mean i think that is a, unfortunately and it's scary for the finale for me um it seems like a little bit of blundering without as much of George Martin to lean on. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, it's very... The double Ds are showing their colors now as writers now that they don't have source material. Other kinds of fantasy. I mean, that was kind of... It went from top tier to, you know, the shit we would read just because we love swords and magic and stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Oh, and a heartbeat. Uh, and it was scary. But at the same time, as someone oh. who had waited 12 years to see these things, season seven for me is still like... Holy fucking shit. You get to see the dragons finally in battle action, you know, in that episode four. Uh, And that's the one I rewatch over and over and over and over. And that one was dope, except for Jamie trying to run them down and then Braun tackling tackling him into an endless fucking deep river. But Peter Dinklage makes that scene like, you fucking idiot. Like, I just love that. I love that. But, but that same episode is where Brienne and Arya meet and they train yeah. and she gets cool. shocked by Arya's. I fucking cry every time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. And that's I think that's why I, I will agree that season seven is a weaker episode because of the the many different like kind of ways they skirt around the travel. And never mind the fact that they did the whole fucking thing with Sansa and Arya like, oh, my God, they're against each other, but not really up until the end of the season. Like, I have more to say that about was that too. fucking dumb. I really oh wish they would have added just and I, and I understand why they didn't do this, because it would have taken out all the drama from the scene where they like reveal like, oh, we're on to your schemes, Peter. Right. But oh, yeah. oh um, fun fact. Fun fact. My tour guide when I was in Ireland and I went to the Giants Causeway, he was in that scene with Peter Baelish when Peter is first realizing it's a close up that he's that, that they've turned on him, that he's the one that's being uh, that's on trial. My tour guide is standing right there. Right behind him, wearing big <laughs> helmet, and big bushy beards. Like, hey, that's the guy. <laughs> that's my tour guide. I really wish they would have. They would have had one scene where like Arya and Sansa are like bickering, but then Bran like wheelchairs. He's like, oh, she's not against you. It's been Peter the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, really? Weird tree goth, Bran. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna go stare at the tree some more. 
Bye. Like just because I like you know, like in hindsight, like that's where they like figure it out is because of Bran, but they don't. Do you? Do you? I feel like that's implied because there's no other way around. Here's what I got, and I think if you sisterly love is because because there's that there's that part where like he starts talking about this is chaos, and Bran goes, "But chaos is a ladder," and he like Mm. turns his like words on him, and then he like tells him like Bran clearly knows everything Peter did. But uh, Arya and Sansa at that point are rea- aren't reacting to Bran like, oh, really, Bran? That's interesting. No, they, they know. So I, I feel like it's implied that at some point they got together and Bran told them. But they don't show it, which is frustrating because I feel like to not have all those previous scenes of Sansa and Arya at each other's throats seem meaningless and like mm. annoying yeah and you it, need that it makes it seem like it's contrived and petty but you also there's you no also, reason to have these scenes there's no other characters watching so you also exactly lose, like you also the audience the, there's no reason for the audience not to know what they soap know. opera shit but you also lose the the drama in that scene where they turn it on peter i just wish they would have had a line where they're like thanks for telling us about that earlier brandy's like i got you See, I never read it. I mean, I know Bran's omniscient, so that's an element of it. But I think that takes away from a huge character arc that redeems that whole plot to me. Is that Sansa, throughout the entirety of her naivety and all of that stupid journey that and all the pain and shit that's done to her, she's now like an extremely wily person, right? Politically, mm-hmm. um, so much so that she can match overcome and best the cleverest sneakiest motherfucker in the whole planet right who mm-hmm. came built himself from nothing with nothing but his brain and she outwitted him oh and, she did and if, you, to, to if you read it as Bran just told him then that takes away all of that and well, she's just a still a stupid that. girl with a big brother who's cool now you know, I don't right? agree with that because she she is proving that whole season that she is at his level that she has definitely grown and gotten to that point and if Bran were to tell them that, it shows, I feel like, that she has overcome her family. Like, she, she believes Bran immediately. is like, oh, no, that's right. And then she uses the the whole thing that Peter tells her before where it's like, I like to play a game. Imagine everyone hates you and they're out to get mm-hmm. you. And, like, and she turns that on him. And, like, just because she has that information from Bran, she doesn't necessarily have to believe it because that's fucking insane. Like, if Bran's like, oh, yeah, I know what happened. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's basically how this next season is going to have to go, you know. Oh, by the way, John, you're not a star. You're not snow. You're a Targaryen. Also, I pooped in my chair. Well, I guess actually it's going to have to come. Will somebody please write me? Hold on. Get that new maester who doesn't have a name to come wipe your bum. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, it's just been that season was the most contrived of all of them. Season five at least had some source material to work from. Mm-hmm. Now they made changes and I think a lot of them were working with uh what the they felt the audience would enjoy, which was Jamie and Braun together. You know, what I mean those are two name characters that are both well, let's see what the uh dynamic would be between these two. And yeah, yeah it could be a, re- a recency bias, but don't I- get me wrong, like I said, that was my least favorite change from the books. Mm-hmm. But I I can't imagine that 
uh, Winds of Winter slash A Dream of Spring are going to suck at the level that season seven did as far as like the over the overall plot because season five still had some cool stuff you know what i mean that was john season seven is the coolest stuff does it dragons blow shit up all of the stark reunions we've been craving john and danny fuck I mean, I, I and I, I like dragons I, blow shit up. I like having all those characters Dra- together cool. that haven't been on screen that. together in a long time, or at least ever before. Like yeah. getting Beric Dondarrion back in the mix and just listening to that guy fucking talk. And you've got still my favorite character from the books. Um, but you've I, got Tormund and the Hound interacting, and you know it's fucking hilarious. I just did a rewatch. Like, why don't of, you suck my dick? You know, it's so funny. Yeah. I just did a rewatch of all the seasons, and I like I don't know why, but there's something about season five that I'm just fucking fucking bored for most of it. That's like, what I mean. I don't care. Like, like, there's, there's an intellectual problem with season seven where you're like, wow, this yeah, doesn't... Yeah, like, everything you're saying you're just is completely valid. Like, in season yeah. five, and it's, it's just, just weird for Game of Thrones. Badge season is bad. I'm, no, I'm sorry, I shouldn't say bad. Bad for... I'm sorry, uh, listeners. It's bad. It's bad, bad. It's bad for <laughs> Game of Thrones is better than most TV. I will say that. Yeah. Um, But it's pretty bad. But, uh, like, <laughs> let's... Because this is a game of thrones, I, I, like um, I'm working on season five right now. That's where we meet the fucking um, the uh, harpy or not the harpy. Oh fuck! What the fuck's the sons name? of the harpy? No, not the sons of the harpy. The a sparrow. You meet the sparrow. Um, oh, uh, shame, 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 shame. Uh, <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Yeah, it's, yes. it's yes. where you meet the sparrow. That's where you find out Ro- Robert Strong is calling the books. Um, uh, I'm telling you, it's of the Catholic book. They're taking all the all the money from the people. <laughs> um, plus, there's all Sam. there's all the intrigue with um, um, the Queen of Thorns and. Uh, um, Olena, Olena, thank you. There's a couple good things for sure. Oh, there's a lot of good things. Yeah, I just think my opinion well, is since, wrong. This is, since <laughs> this is like a like woohoo Game of Thrones season eight's coming out soon, right? Let's switch to something positive, like Good Thrones. Dragons blowing shit up. I already said Wait. that. <laughs> we we answered. We we went on a tangent, but did we ever answer what our favorite changes were? Mm-hmm. Did not no, I, did. I said I couldn't because I don't know if it's a change or if it's eventually going to happen. Um, I don't really necessarily. I guess Lady Stoneheart was a good move. And I'll just pick that. Yeah, I'll that miss her at all. Too. I'll miss her at all. Pretty good one. Okay. I would say the. Uh, oh, oh, Esme being an actual character. That was neat for a while. I think she had some good functions and stuff. Which the, one? The prostitute, Esme. Esme. That ended up running. She works for Peter Baelish, and she's oh. actually a big character. Well, I, I, was, I always thought her name uh, was Roz. In the early six- It's Roz in the show. Oh, okay. All right. Where did I get Esme? I have no idea. Did I make that up? I have no idea. <laughs> it's got to be something. <laughs> that's got to be something. Game of Thrones lore. Listeners, let us know anyway, who that's, the fuck is Esme. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a real character in the books, though, right? So I think that was cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I liked her. She was good. That's going to be sure. when she died. Um, I would have said, like, the... Um, the narrowing of the scope in Essos with Daenerys um, by reducing like the overall political intrigue of the Sons of the Harpy. And that's kind of a problem with, I guess, season four or five, where the Sons of the Harpy, you never find out who the Harpy is and his Zolorak and stuff. Like, is he the Harpy or not? Because the Harpy stopped attacking Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, and stuff. there's a whole um, host of things that go on with... But they cut Daenerys out in the east. Yeah. It's cut out. They cut out Quentin. They cut out the shave pates. They cut out um, um, 
Well, our Tyrion's whole, the, whole journey with Tyrion's that circus whole journey, and journey with the circus. Um, they cut out his with the Golden Company too. Yeah. Um, they cut out uh, just so much stuff that happened in Essos. But the reality is that the main conflict is in Westeros. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, while as a book reader, all of that is super intriguing, and now I'm only just learning that that stuff really didn't matter. Because now I know that it didn't really matter. It doesn't. What's funny you keep saying that because I have this conspiracy theory that George R. R. Martin, like, you know, he's watching. He's like, this is what I plan on doing with the end. And then they wrote the episode and he's just sitting in the back like, how are people taking it? How are people taking it? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, they didn't like that? <laughs> he's waiting for the reaction. Well, that's what he's sure. come out and said. Like, it's been extremely difficult to write the books in conjunction with the, the zeitgeist of the show, right? Because yeah, you have all bad. this extraneous pressure and, like, in real-time feedback of plot points. And then all these people are like, hey, we going to write that book for and you, die? He was also yeah. writing the show, <laughs> too, though. I mean, yeah. like he he wrote an episode an episode a season for like six seasons or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. He used to be a TV show writer. In yeah, the 80s. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Mm. Oh, no shit. With mm. Ron Perlman. Look at you guys. Well, I guess we spent a lot of time digressing about stuff we would have talked about had we had the podcast <laughs> I know, on right? Game of Thrones back then. But I mean, anything you're excited for specifically in season eight or or specific predictions. Um, Clicking or anything you want to think. Clicking It's going to have to happen. Wanker. Obviously. <laughs> throwback. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> a throwback. Um, okay, so I have a a bunch of theories. Ooh. Um, okay, don't just pick one. Pipe and hot. Okay, Drop it on us. Let's do this. What's your hottest Who theory? Who will win the throne? Um, nobody. Meaning not the Night King either. Like they will be, be a so, Democratic Republic. They will be so decimated to where it's more like rebuild society. What if it's Senator Palpatine? <laughs> <laughs> like the mountain takes off his helmet and it's just Ian McDermott like <laughs> <laughs> It was me all along. Good. <laughs> Honestly, like the the character that I most see like having the arc that makes sense for them to end up on the throne is Sansa. Mm-hmm. Really? Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, um, because she's the one that like always wanted to marry marry the king and whatever, and she was a naive little shit. It does not make sense for me to for Daenerys to be on the throne. I firmly believe that she's either A, going to die, B, be turned into a white and have to be killed by Jon, or C, sacrifice herself, um, which is basically the same as A. Uh, John does not make sense for him to be the king, even though he is the it's very rightful un- heir. George Martin having an, to un- end it with an John. undead king does not make sense to me in this world. Um, well, no, I, it would just be the apocalypse. Well, it? I feel like th- this is supposed to be like a resurgence and ending of magic is the way I see this arc going. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that John being resurrected is part of that. And I think Danny's dragons. I don't think there will be any dragons left by the end of it. Um, I don't think dragons are suddenly having a resurgence in Westeros. Um, and who else is there? Cersei, obviously not. Jamie, no. Um, Arya, you know, I mean, like Sansa is the only one to me that's like, okay, she's the only one that has had a plot trajectory that makes sense. It would to be great. Yeah. I could get behind a, a Queen Sansa with Arya as her like Queen's guard. Her little just assassin crazy. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's going to be Samuel Tarly. And you don't think <laughs> anything, I mean, he'll be like Grand, Grand Maester probably. Um, I don't, you don't think 
Because like the show, there's a spinoff being filmed, um, and from what I hear, it's a ponderous tone, <laughs> and uh, it takes it's a far prequel, right? So mm-hmm. maybe that holds water, makes allows your theory to hold water, is what I'm saying. Because mm-hmm. if, if they take dragons and Daenerys and John out, there's definitely no sequel potential, right? We right. set a firm into the magical elements of this realm. Um, I, I'm worried. I don't really have any great weighty predictions or anything reddit style to throw onto this dialogue i really don't um i know what i would like to happen and next bittersweet because i know george martin wouldn't let you be happy at the end of the narrative <laughs> without some sort of gray area it wouldn't be game of thrones without like right. a, just one last kick in the dick and that's what makes it so wonderful um but yeah i just uh I don't want it to be some kind of crazy Christopher Nolan esque thing utilizing brand. Like it's not I feel like, like the it has to be, thing though. was great, but I just I just it's dangerous territory. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. It's a fine line. You you've heard the theories, right, that Bran is the Night King and stuff like that. Yeah. Um it, there's a lot to back that up, you know? And that's it just depends on the execution for me. You know what I mean? Is it is it gonna be um Inception, or is it going to be Interstellar? You know, yeah. And you can There's take that however you want to. Shit, I do mm. like both those movies, mm. but but mm. but love is the key. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't really have any theories or anything because I'm not that smart. Um, I'm I'm just along for the ride. I can tell you things I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Cersei does hmm. just cause like they're not showing her at all really in the trailers. Like if they show her, it's like there's Cersei drinking yeah. on Don't the patio. Kind oh, of here's drinking. Here's Cersei drinking in the throne room, but she's a little crying, but she's also kind of smiling. What's that about? <laughs> um, so I'm really maybe interested to see what she does. Watched Game of Thrones. Uh, maybe <laughs> like I, I love, uh, uh, Disney princess evil Cersei. Um, oh yeah, where she's like in the black and silver. Yeah. Like I think that's such a cool look with her short hair. Um, she's always been one of the characters that you love to hate. Jamie Lannister is my favorite character in the show. So and obviously like so I'm really involved in that storyline. Um, but also you know I want to see some cool battle scenes and with dragons and sh- blowing shit up and and that's that's yeah. what I love about Game of Thrones and I think George Martin gets all the credit. I mean, the show's fucking phenomenal, but this went way back to the books. And I recognized it even as a child that it's uniqueness because um, fantasy books are all about good and evil, black and white. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. all about found heroes. So it's always the peasant boy who's really king. And so that's why we all loved him as kids, because, fuck, I might actually be king. Get a bunch of girlfriends and stuff. I know I'm just a really poor kid. that's kind of chubby, lives in an apartment, but I might. I might be king. Neil, you shit. So it's a good... (laughs) (laughs) And what what George did was like, no, nobody's anything. And even the people that are something are nothing. And everything's black and white. And it turns out you can fuck your sister and murder little boys and still be a good person because life's complicated. And all of a sudden, you know, when you read enough books and watch enough movies, when the hero's in trouble, there's a, a small part of you that is in the slightest bit worried that anything bad's going to happen to fucking Indiana Jones. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you just know. And that's part of the fun. Like, how's it going to get out of this? Great. James Bond's, you know, he's always going to, he needs a defibrillator. He's going to die. Like, no, he's not. It's What's his watch going to turn into this movie? He's, he's <laughs> going to change actors eventually, you know, but it's going to be fine. 
But in Game of Thrones, that is not the fucking case. And, you know, there's a quote from George Martin and I'll you know paraphrase and butcher it. But he's basically saying, like, there's no actual suspense unless you show the reader that anything literally can happen on the next page. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and they have successfully done that with both the show and, and started with the books. And that's why I love it so much is it's mm-hmm. it's so mind numbingly distressing that <laughs> anything can happen to anyone at any moment. Um, and it's so much gray and like, the, yeah, like Steve, if you don't know Steve in person, he's a very, uh, wonderful, sweet, Aww. honest person. He is such a good guy. Aww. And he just said his favorite character is someone who has frequently railed their sister, their <laughs> twin sister. And murdered many people, including small children. I think I might agree that Jamie's had the best arc of the show. Absolutely, but mm-hmm. I just think that is how brilliant the show is, right? Like, funny, so, funny thing about the Jamie Lannister love, all the way back in season three, you know, I don't know how big of a deal this is to, you know, people who have read books and were at that point, like, read, you know, four of the books, but uh, all the way back in the first season, Everyone's like, oh my gosh, I love the show. Who's your favorite character? Who's your favorite character? They would get to me. I'd be like, Jamie Lannister. Really? <laughs> and every, wow. And every single person would be like, you fucking piece of shit. Like, they got so mad. I'm like, no, no, no. There's good in him. I sense it. <laughs> and now, you know, years later, I'm so validated because everyone else is like, yeah, Jamie Lannister is so fucking cool. I'm like, posers. Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. He was good to Tyrion in episode one. <laughs> Who was um, Eddard's? He brought him his extra hookers because <laughs> yeah. he loves his brother. Who was Eddard's right-hand man that uh, Jamie stabbed in the face? Oh, uh, that was Rory? Rory. Rory. Damn. Jory. Jory. It was with a J. Yeah, Jory. You fucked me he's up. He's like, I'll remember that day. Jory Cass. I, I think it's Cassell. Jory Cassell. Because yeah. yeah, he's Sir Roderick's it. kid. Oh, in the books, um, um, you know how in the show, Ramsey marries Sansa? Mm-hmm. In the show... Ramsey marries Arya, but Arya is it's the fake Arya. Is not Arya. Is it it's Jane a fake Poole? Arya, and it's um. I thought it was Cassell, or was it Poole? It's Jane Poole. Oh, is it Poole? Mm. Damn it! I got that all fucked up. Yeah. Well, my segue is actually it's Jory a, Cassell. Ramsey's like, I want to have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'll just cut it off and fu- oh, feed it to my dogs. <laughs> it was a cool segue. That was so wrong. I'm so sorry. That's a cool tidbit about the show. Yeah. Or the books. Oh, I got some rapid fire questions for you guys. Okay. 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 Uh, rapid fire answers only. Uh, the most shocking death. Mm. Oh fuck. Okay. Um as a book reader, um Barrison Sully. Oh my god. How's he dying in the book? He's not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay. I thought you were like in the book it was Barrison, but in, in the, the show book. it was uh prostate cancer. <laughs> yeah. He's prostate cancer in the books. Very slow, very boring. Oh. Long process. I hear it's one of the best ways to go. Dragon chemo <laughs> is extensive. <laughs> Dragon chemo. <laughs> um second to that I guess would be Rob's wife. I'd say the Viper. That's mine. Even knowing it's coming, I could not have predicted how much I would like Pedro Pascal. That's mine. And it's very visceral, yeah. That the so everyone talks about the red wedding being like the one that's like, oh, that, that fucked him up. When I saw Open Martel get his head squished by the mm, mountain. Yeah. I had to the episode ended, I had to walk just walk around my house and just rethink my life. I was like, because like, I, I, know I, didn't read the, I didn't read the book, so I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, justice is finally happening. Game of, fuck no, it's Game of Thrones. It never happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's mine. Uh, if you were in a house, what house would you be in? Oh, wait, did you, did, did you say yours, Chris? No, I made up a house earlier. Or, or did you say your most shocking death? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was over. Oh, it was Fiverr. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, that's right. 
Oh, fuck. What house would I, I be in? House, Gryffindor, be for in. sure. Gryffindor. <laughs> 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 um, uh, Mormont. Fucking. I'm, I'm in Bear? Leanna, man. Leanna Mormont is, uh, she's the balls. A little 10 year old chick will, knows what's up. Yeah, I mean, and, and it makes sense because every time I call you, Andy, you answer the call. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you refuse the call. <laughs> I'm trying to be honest, like who I would actually probably be in. You know what I mean? That's what's slowing me down. Obviously, I'd want to be a Stark or a Targaryen or something. What, what would you say, Steve? Well, you know, the little bastard of me is like, well, I'm House Lannister. They got all the money. Right. <laughs> but do they? That's true. All their gold, they're all their gold mines are in dry. Um, they're always my, like, three of my favorite characters are all Lannisters, and Tywin's a fucking awesome. Charles Dance is so good in that show when he was mm, in it. He's awesome. Like, his <laughs> scenes with Arya in season three, when it's just the two of them, are some of my favorite scenes in the oh, whole yeah. series. They're really good. I would say the Umbers, probably, because I'm, like, I'm really good in cold weather. And, <laughs> umbers? And I like to party. <laughs> in the book, they're fucking badass. Yeah, they Like, are, the yeah, dire wolf bites off dude's finger, and the and great John's like, like <laughs> I fucking love this dog. King of the North. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. He's nine more. I don't know why they're Irish now. <laughs> I'm just, they all sound like Conor McGregor to me. Uh, the Reeds. I like the Reeds a lot. Uh, we still don't know much about them. I feel like in the real world, though, like the Reeds are awesome. Howland is like the only friend of Eddard. And, but I love how we finally got him in the show in the right? flashback. Like, oh, there's Howland. We only hear about I him the whole like fucking show. I feel like they're like Louisianians in, you know what I mean? Are like, they like gator people? Like, yeah. Like that's, <laughs> you know they're like, nobody likes them. You know what I mean? Like, I have to hand to And they're like, what? <laughs> like, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely the pikeys of Westeros. <laughs> they're like the type of people, if you went over to, to the <clears throat> castle, the first thing, like, hey, you want to wrestle? <laughs> 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 uh, their capital is called Neverland. It's weird. <laughs> oh my God! What about you, Steve? What was your house? His house Lannisters. was Lannisters. Lannisters. Yeah. Oh my God! Because he bitch. likes his sister. I mean, Monica is pretty cool. cool? <laughs> I mean, I don't like her like that. But. <laughs> Any other rapid fire questions? Any uh, more brain busters? <laughs> um, no, I'm good. Okay. Wow, what's, we did talk an hour about Game of Thrones. What is it? What's west of Westeros? Mm. Uh, I got you there. I can tell you what's southwest rest. It's Essos when we keep going. That's true. Southern There's a bitch. whole continent. Southeros, right? Yeah, Sothrios. Sothros. Southeros. Is there a, is there, is there a Northeros? It's we a, don't know yet. Uh, there's still two books to come. Hey, there's still a season. Game of Thrones <laughs> season still, eight ends right? in Northeros. It's going to be so sad when it's finally over. Oh, my God. Except All for right. the six or seven spinoffs that I got in the works. So next week... All right, what's in your eye? <laughs> Chris, keep winkity winkity wink. Uh, Game of Thrones season eight will premiere. So what we're going to try to do is view the episodes amongst our families and friends and then meet up and have an episode ready for you to recap on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Wednesdays, right? Wednesdays. Wednesday. Usually we try to watch these shows that we review together and then immediately start recording. But right. Game of Thrones That's is our such, a, such a big cultural phenomenon. I know if I'm with you guys watching Game of Thrones and not with my wife, I might not. She might kill you. She might red wedding me. <laughs> uh, so it, it's such a big thing. It's she like might pull a Bran Stark, go back in time, and red wedding you at your own wedding. <laughs> oh, God. Ooh. That's... <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Hold the door. 
Um, so yeah, I understand that we don't want to, we don't happy wife, happy life. So we're going to watch it separately, which is not typically what we do and then meet up and hopefully every Wednesday have an episode again, email streaming things pod at gmail.com and streaming things pod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, uh, we would love to hear your feedback and where you would like to see the show go. Um, we never tire of reading your emails. You can also send a Raven, uh, just make sure it gets mm-hmm. sent to, to castle Chris. Yes. Um, or yeah. Neverland. Or no, Where Andy's hanging out with the reeds. <laughs> Tickling. <laughs> oh, oh. Some tickle, tickle barefoot tickle fights. <laughs> oh. All right. That about wraps up our show. My name is Chris. Hodor. <laughs> I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things Binge Nerd. come pouring out your cunt mouth I'm gonna have to eat every fucking chicken in this room well that's weird my wife just texted me one of our neighbors is watching Game of Thrones really fucking loud Whoa. <laughs> what episode yeah <laughs> can you tell that'd be a cool podcast what is my neighbor watching <laughs> that would be pretty good actually <laughs>